Today we are talking about Audition and Brittany Brittany. Um, today I have with me, one step away from reality, Caro Jane and Slayer Kitty. Hello. Okay. Hello. So we are we are here. We are season two, guys. We've made it through season one. Yay. Yay. Over, over a hiatus. And then we're talking about um, season two. And... Um, Season two just uh, sets up just so many really, really awesome things, and, and I'm looking forward to, to getting into it. Um, we kick off season two with this just absolutely fantastic um, montage. Big Gangly Summer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's still one of my favorite things they've ever done. Yeah, um, there's uh, Jacob Ben Israel going around and. Um, and interviewing everyone, and I I love that this is really they did a little bit at the end of season one, but they really, um, you know, break down the fourth wall, like all of the questions that critics have been talking about, um, fans have been talking about. They kind of like sum it up in this little like five minute montage. The kids don't like it when I rap. <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Surprise! Oh. As That's much still as funny because he's genuinely upset. As much as I hate uh, JBI, like his character is horrible. It's awesome. I love the character in the show. Like having him to hate because he's so funny. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, brings balance to all of the people that we love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's just this disgusting little like weird he, kid that he like, has no redeeming qualities none no. <laughs> and I think this is so funny oh. sorry oh, go ahead <laughs> I, I was just saying um, they don't overuse him like they they only have him on every so often so well okay and, and since we're going to talk to that we can come back to it one of the reasons why he ended up not getting used as much is because they got a, in a lot of hot water for his scene at the end of Britney Britney 
Oh, for the masturbation. Well, that's right there. So he sort of, uh, it wasn't like an overt thing, but he sort of disappeared for a while because they took a lot of heat for that. Mm. We'll have to come back to that when we get to there. Yeah. But What I find very interesting is that he is obviously much bigger loser than anyone in the Glee Club. And it's his portrayed as one, and yet he doesn't seem to be bullied by anyone. Well, he's kind of like McKinley's little um, Paris Hilton. (laughs) Paris Hilton, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of is. Though he does, I think, what is it, choke? Um, He is thrown in the dumpster by Puck at some point in season three. Um, I was just going to say, and maybe I'm wrong, but isn't he the one that... uh, Zemio is demanding give him his pants at one point. Oh, probably. <laughs> at the, I think it might be towards the end of season two. When they do the bully whips. Oh, is yeah. Is he the one that he's threatening? I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, he's he's not popular by any stretch of the imagination. But you know oh, what? No. I, I personally think that he's got so much blackmail material on everybody in that school because he's always walking around with his camera for his stupid blog that they're too afraid to pick on him because if they do, then he'll just write about them. Right. Right. Well, and also, and we'll talk about this a little more in a minute when we get another scene down the road, um, is that season one of Glee was really focused on this rhetoric of being popular and cool. And by season two, they kind of were like, okay, let's throw that idea out the window and start about um, a lot of season two. And, and something that I really like is that it's a lot about the um, relationships about these kids and less about trying to be cool and fitting in. Yeah, it's more about the dynamic of the club itself, within mm-hmm. itself other than trying to fit in the school. Right. Well, and I wonder if they realized that the audience was responding more to the club members, the characters, those characters interacting with each other Mm -hmm. versus interacting with outside forces. So, you know, we don't really care about you know, Mr. Shu and, and his wife and whatever they're doing. And we don't really care about what happens to the kids outside of school unless it's like the Hummels or the Hudsons or whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They they started pushing more of that in-school stuff. Right. Yeah, that's right. true. But, but they were still bringing in quite a lot of guest stars, celebrity guest stars, even that's though fun. the demand for the students was bigger so I don't well, know. Well, yeah, guest stars are always going to bring in ratings. So that yeah, that's, there's that, and I yeah. think that what happened was um, once the show took off, I remember them talking like they literally had agents and people calling them up every day, going, "Can I get my person on this show?" And it's so and so. Yep. Because the show was really popular. Yep. Um, before we go on to this little cart bit, I want to say, first of all, um, I enjoy when Finn calls Rachel a controllist. And she's like, that's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That always made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and the um, second one is, um, can we talk for a second about Brittany getting lost in the sewers all summer? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. 
Oh, that poor girl. I yeah. don't, I misheard it, and I thought she said source, the source at one point, like, you know, the source of life, like, you know, I don't know. It does sound like something she'd say. Yeah, like, a, like, I don't know, yeah. a, a fantasy <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Nobody noticed I was the source, and, <laughs> and that has different, like, kind of meaning but like yeah be less sad <laughs> anyway um so anyway um bringing it to kurt though he he ends this little montage and i'm going to read his quote because i think it's um it, it says a lot and and i think it's worth repeating and his his line is you know what jacob it doesn't take much courage for people to park their cottage cheese behinds and their bark loungers log on to the internet and start learning Tearing people down, does it? But you know what does take some courage? Standing up and singing something about it. So here's a message for everyone that reads your blog. Next time, instead of posting an anonymous comment online, say what you have to my face. Punctuated by a slushy. <laughs> yes. Which, but it, I mean, it. first of all, I mean, it works on a lot of layers. I mean, first of all, it's Glee talking to its critics, uh-huh. and, and are going to still shit on Glee. Yeah, and I like that it does that because, like, the, the slushy at the end, like, kind of shows that, like, yes, we're, like, you know. Here's what we think about your opinions. <laughs> yeah, up face. yours kind of thing. But yeah, more, more like brought back to reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't know if this means anything or not, but it's a red slushy, too. Oh. Well, what I find okay. quite funny about the scene is that Kurt is actually running away from Jacob and Israel to the boys' bathroom. And I find it funny that Jacob and Israel doesn't follow him in there because he has he doesn't have any boundaries when it comes to people's privacy. And yet he stays outside. And but he did get what he wanted was this ridiculous clip with um, Kurt getting slushy. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm guessing, you yeah. know, had he not... He yeah, and then he up. actually... Eats it off of him. Yeah, that was. Oh. <laughs> but well, also, and I, it's the first oh, time. Uh, well, maybe not the first time because I think we've seen Azimio bully him before. But um, is it one of the first times? I can't remember. Is Karofsky in a scene? I don't no. think so. I think it's just no, Azimio. No. Okay, but he calls him lady. He did it in the in theatricality. Did he? Too. Okay. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, I like that it's a continuation of the same insults. They're still insulting him for the same things. I also want to point out, though, um, with you know not just the 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 meta break um, or the fourth wall break, but it's you know if you look at Kurt's character, he's you know finally standing up for who he is and who you know he's saying his piece and he's going to be him. And he's getting slushied, and everyone else in this little montage, yeah, Jacob Ben Israel is being annoying, but no one's really, in, except for, like, joking about Will's rapping, no one's really picking on them. He's just asking intrusive questions. But Kurt is still getting picked on and bullied. And Well, um, I mean, if you think about it, Finn's still the quarterback of the football team, and hmm. Rachel's dating him now. So that sort of elevated her social standing a little bit. Yeah, she used to be the one slushied uh-huh. initially. And then they, Santana and Brittany are still Cheerios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, we don't see anything from... Well, yeah, we see a little a little bit with... Um, but Mike is still a football player, so mm-hmm. Tina is kind of elevated by that. I, mm-hmm. I, I love that the start of, of Mike and Tina, of Tyke. 
because yeah, yeah, she <laughs> had abs together, and like it was. Like, <laughs> she fell in love with his abs. Yeah, I don't blame her. Yeah, oh, the beginnings <laughs> of a deep relationship. But she's like, yeah. it's true. The GBIS is a true year together, and she's like, what? Because we're both race, uh, we're both Asian. Asian? Racist. <laughs> and hope. then there's already wheeling around the corner, oh. looking like. Yeah, talk about um, oh. Glee doing this like 180, where you know they're all happy at the end of season one, and then bam, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, they they sort of allude to like there was a summer like things happened, but like. They they ended season one at the end um, with uh, at regionals time and like the rest of the seasons have a bunch after regionals and then nationals. So so like I always think like yeah. what happened in March. school between regionals and the end of the school year too. Right. Yeah. That we never see. We never get sick on that. What happens between March and the end of the year? Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, not like, there's much gray, but we kind of see it like. Yeah, maybe Brittany will have some insight on that with her time travel and time <laughs> manipulation and all of that. <laughs> that's right. Is that this episode where she says that she built a time machine or is that no, later? No, that, that's, I think that's the um, next next season. Uh, yeah, that's next Ah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, and um, it's interesting getting into season two, um, Kurt's is a lot angrier. I, you notice that in these, I mean, it's really subtle in these first two episodes, um, but he's a little bit angrier. He's a little bit more isolated from the rest of the group. Yeah. And, um... It gets less subtle in, Brit- in Brittany. Brittany, Brittany. Ooh. I yeah, think he's but... just growing more with himself, and he it, he may have felt all of that before, but now he's actually expressing it a lot more. Yeah, right. I think um, before it was like, it's not worth it kind of feeling. And now it's like, you know what? You know what? That's it. I'm over it. I'm, yep. I'm not staying quiet anymore. I'm going to go for it. Well, and, right. and I think it's really interesting that this tone shift in his, you know, is how he's expressing himself comes now, you know, he's known these guys in the Glee Club. They've been really good friends for like a year, give or take, whatever, a couple months. And so I feel like maybe they've kind of bolstered his confidence a little bit that he has friends. He's not as alone. So maybe he can start standing up for stuff he doesn't like. Right. And, like, if you kind of coming off the arc of Kurt's arc of season one was, yeah, he was inward and he kind of let people throw him in dumpsters. And by the end of theatricality, he's, you know, got this newfound confidence and, and... People to support him and, mm-hmm. you know, and Finn. Dad. I mean, I think and maybe a, a lot of that might have to do with, with Finn supporting him because Finn stood up for him at the end of theatricality. Right. And and, and faced, they faced down the bullies together, basically. And so now that they kind of made up after their big falling out, and I'm sure their parents spent all summer dating, so Finn was over at, They were always together, so maybe with that boost of confidence, he feels like he doesn't have to keep quiet about everything because he's right. got that support now. Also, I yeah. have an aside thought real quick about that whole thing. I'm assuming that the whole Glee Club as a group um, spent a lot of time together and um, the Hudson Hummel clan spent a lot of time together. And during this whole summer, Finn's dating Rachel. So that was in Kurt's face the whole summer. <laughs> so sure, that's part of it. And I'll get to it a little more when we when we talk about that tiny scene later on yeah. in this episode. 
Yeah. But that, I mean, if there's anything, Kurt's done with that crush. It's just, you know. Finn is so far off that pedestal. (laughs) He's just, he's hit sub-basement. But could you imagine being Kurt during that summer where he has to just basically watch Finn and Rachel be gross for four months? Why is Finn Rex eating the Jew? Yeah. (laughs) I know that's from next, that's from season three, but it still applies. (laughs) (laughs) And then... We get into the first um, we get into the first choir room scene where um, uh, Will is commenting about what um, Jacob Ben Israel is saying, and, and Kurt stands up and says, "Look, that whole thing was last year. We're friends. We're awesome with each other, and you know nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> yep, move on. You know, yeah. Tina then um, says, like, why do we even need more members? And he says, because we only have eleven members. Um, and it hits me like I don't think any of them realized Matt was gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and I think that um, I don't know if you touched on it in other podcasts, but I know that when we did the music one, we kind of touched on it for a minute. That Matt, um, as a character, had no lines. Two lines. He had two. He had two okay, he had two lines. <laughs> two, but they didn't mean anything. They didn't really. mean anything. I don't think he had. Uh, no songs. Nope. No. He, he absolutely, he had no solos. He had no nothing. He was literally chorus the entire season. Well, he was the dancer. He was like the main That's dancer true. with Mike. So. He was He was there to... Yeah, like, but even uh, then, the focus was never on him, even uh-huh. as a dancer. No. No, yeah. it was on Mike or Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I so. And what's so funny is that I remember watching when it came back, and until he said that, I hadn't realized that Matt yeah. was on either. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even know who Matt was. I remember watching it, and yeah. um, watching it live, and I was just like, uh-huh. which one was Matt? I know that, yeah. Wait, so. which one was Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. I mean, tell you, for the longest time, I didn't know Mike's name was Mike. I actually thought that right. he was other Asian. Right. <laughs> But, and part of it, they wanted to bring Sam in, and we should do a quick shout-out to Sam, because we're really not going to talk to him. Because this is the episode he talks about not he, being able to He's never had any balls in his mouth. In his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh Sam. Yeah, I when I rewatched it, um, like, during the New York song, Sam, you know, they, they pan up from his tapping foot to his face, and I'm like, Sam, yay! <laughs> nice to see you, even with that god awful haircut. <laughs> like you know, I've been like uh, marathoning the later seasons, and you know, see Sam all the time. But like seeing him for the first time, it's yeah. Heartbreaking. But that brings us to um, they are going to New York for um, for nationals, Yay. and and. Kurt's all excited about yeah. nationals, and you can see that like he and Mercedes might have talked about it over the summer or something because yeah, she's like all excited him for there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or he talked Am about I it. Remembering, don't they do like a little handshake hair? thing in this scene or am I misremembering that? No, I, no, that, that was, I think that was in Sue's office when they were yeah. talking about uh, yeah. having a show on Bravo or something. Oh, I right. thought they did it again. No, in fact, she doesn't really react like herself. She reacts to him. Yeah, she so. like fans him with her hands. She fans him, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what it is. That's what I'm thinking. But I, I do want to mention really quickly that this is the beginning of the decline of uh, Kurt Sadie's, which is a sad thing. Yes. Um, but they, they don't 
they have a little bit of connection in this episode, but it starts yeah, to I, really... I don't feel like it's starting quite yet. No. Because, because they do have the scene later on at the piano, and yeah. I feel like, like they seem to be quite things. in tune this episode, at least. I, I feel like that really declines with starting with the tops. Or with grilled cheeses, really, but... Well, yeah. Oh, no, it is, yes. It I is actually the grilled cheese. supportive cheeses. of him and, and takes him to her church and... Um, but I, I think that that, that episode is so controversial, and I have issues with some things, and I think other people don't have issues with those things. It's just really weird. Yeah, that's what I'm doing next. That'll be... That'll oh, be you have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, anyway, back to this one. Um, yeah, because spoilers. My yeah. of doing these podcasts are to l- reflect on it as a whole and I'm like if you have not seen Glee at this point and you're listening to these podcasts what are you doing here yeah, yeah what are you doing go watch the whole show and then come back and analyze it with us because yeah. we're pretty um, much no whole barred spoiling everything from here all the way down the line so even though exactly. we say it's you know audition Britney, yeah. Britney that doesn't mean we might not tie something in from season six because I know no, that I, I just think it's right. funny it is funny and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean I did a couple of other podcasts and the show is still on the air and it's so like oh wait you can't talk about that right <laughs> so. and it's limiting in some ways I, I, I do like to bring in the connection um, of, uh, you know, later, you know, to reflect, I'm like, oh, you know, three years down the road, this is going to be really relevant, and it's kind of cool how it connects and everything. So. Yeah. But anyway, moving on to the, the actual cute little dance number of or Empire State of Mind, where I they're all trying to be number. all gangster and failing, but being very adorable. I love while they're Kurt's in. hair. His hair just does the most amazing <laughs> floppy thing. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, he's yeah, trying to make it stick up, but it yeah, it flops it's over. It's too long or something. I don't, I don't know, it's, but it it's works. Awesome. Well, and he the, will the get glass. the hang of it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's like sitting, leaning back on the table. He's cross-legged. He's got that foot kicking in the air. It just kills me. He he has the attitude to match the outfit. I think he he works it better he than anybody else. Like the the leather fingerless gloves. <laughs> Oh, Kurt. He tries so hard. (laughs) I mean, I just, you know, you got, like, Puck and Santana who are really pulling it off, and then Kurt. (laughs) I I think he really got She she didn't, that number didn't really work for her either. I love that they're, here's my thing. They are doing, in the courtyard, this giant number, and the kids are just like, okay. I mean, I know if my school... If anybody broke out in the courtyard and started singing this rap song with costumes, everybody would stop and listen and be like, whoa, what is this? I'm trying to think of when the next time they do any kind of courtyard performances. I think it's Blaine. And it might be Blaine. And they got lots of attention for that. You know, but then the after thing, that. I, I noticed that. Like, well, that's the warblers. It's understandable. Like, um, I, I noticed that, that when the anybody else did public, um, or if the group did public um, performances, they either got, like, 
the food fight or they got ignored or they got dirty dirty looks from the like season, season one episode. two and then again in six um with the take on me song but when it was blaine when blaine was in it <laughs> or it was blaine alone everybody was like dancing along and like like all the the um, background, like the watchers, and they cheered at the end. They were all dancing and, and enjoying it. But like, nope, <laughs> not when Blaine wasn't involved. <laughs> oh man! Well, it okay. is Blaine. Well, well, another thing that's kind of interesting to me about this number um, that I noticed was that actually Kurt was sitting with the boys while um, Mercedes were singing her solo lines. Because normally during performances, he kind of tends to stick with the girls, but this time he was actually with all the boys. Wow. uh, For all the fandom discussion about Kurt, and where he belongs in performances that has gone on over the years in fandom, and it's been a thing, I'd never noticed that. Yeah, I, I just, I noticed that just last time I watched it, too, that, huh. and especially since, like, what, in duet, no, in, in, uh, Never, never Been Kissed, like, the boy girl. Couple, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, um, reacts to it, to, um, has that thing with Will. Where Will wants where, him yeah, he out. tells him to join the boys. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, this is performance is all over the place. I mean, they are all dancing everywhere. So I don't yeah, know it's it. true. But there is that well, part that they are definite. Girls are up here and the boys are... The yeah, girls it, were on the it, stairs, weren't they? And the boys when were over by the it. table? Yeah, something like that. Without actually pulling it up and looking at it. Um, well, the other thing that this song does and this whole, like, little lead into singing about New York does is it, it basically sets the tone for the whole season. Oh, yeah. And it's such heavy-handed foreshadowing because we know that's what Glee likes best. So we, at this point, we know they're going to Nationals. They're going to yeah. New York. Mostly because Ryan Murphy literally said about four, ep- <laughs> four or five episodes in, well, yeah, we're going to New York at the end of the season. We're going to film in New York. Oh, wow. Thank you for telling us that you're going to make it past sectionals and regionals. Yay! What a way to, like, ruin the suspense. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But this is the biggest time. This is the first time I think we really hear Kurt talking about New York as somewhere he wants to go. You know, I wonder if they had any idea that they wanted to take the characters to New York this early on. I, I don't know. Like I don't know I, that Ryan Murphy plans so that far ahead. Yeah, no. that's. I, I was gonna say that. Like they, they um seem to change. Like come up with new ideas. Like they didn't even decide what grade Blaine was in. <laughs> like <laughs> or yeah. or Artie or Tina. Like oh. That's a season yeah. three debate. <laughs> yeah. That's something so, we'll like, worry I about much later. Not that far ahead. Like I, I don't think I think they. I'll give them a lot of credit and and saying that they they plan the whole season out. In or at least general terms, planned it out. Well, they they planned where they're gonna end up, but I don't know. But I don't think they were thinking about just... season four and season two yet. Yep. No. Yeah, I don't think they were thinking about that. 
they might have had some talks like um we have kids who are like sophomores or juniors or whatever like you, there's only four years like how are we going to go from high school to keeping well, the original original show going so the original original plan for the show was for it to be about the teachers and the kids would sort of revolve so you'd have x characters for so many years but you know Will yeah, and Emma and Sue and all them, have, they would be gone. Yeah, so and like, we'd have yeah. new kids. But the problem the with that was the entire audience gravitated to kids. Yeah. And um, they originally were going to have a spinoff with Finn, Rachel, in New York. That was at the end of season two they were thinking about that. Well, um, they talked, and, I think it was... I don't know about the Finn, Rachel thing. That's news to me, but I know at the end of season three, they're was a lot of media suddenly Chris and Leah and Corey were fired. Does anybody Which remember this? True. I mean, they were not fired. Well, well there was, was a lot going on then. True because what they were doing was they were going to do a spinoff with the three of them in New York and Glee was going to continue on as its own show and they were going to have their own show. But the media right. warped it all out of proportion, so Ryan Murphy, Murphy basically threw a fit. So, well, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that, that he, really I was his intention, in... even though he um, later on he said it wasn't. But he, uh, when they announced that um, Kurt, Rachel, and Finn were graduating, he he did say, yes, they are. The plan was that the students would rotate Mm-hmm. So that that was his first response, but then when everyone basically threw a fit over it, because he went in the... and said, "No, no, no, yeah. that wasn't there. There's I mean, still staying and all that." For as far as character popularity, once and once Blaine came on, your core four characters being popular it was Rachel, Finn, Kurt, Blaine. Yeah. Those are the ones with the biggest fan bases. Those are the ones with the most, the loudest internet presence. So those are the ones that absolutely lost it. Yep. Well, I'm going to curse. I I wasn't in the fandom at that time, but like I I was was following kind of to. to, (laughs) (laughs) Like I I like the show and I watch the show, but um, like. Was these were those like actual? Um, was he just trying to keep it under wraps, and so it we sounded like he was saying different no, things? The thing so. with Ryan Murphy, um, at least in my experience of Ryan Murphy dumbs, is that he likes to talk a lot and he just spews mm. whatever's on his mind. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things stick, and sometimes things don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have an episode about the color orange. Sometimes he spoils things because people piss him off. Mm-hmm. But it's like um, whatever he's thinking in the moment, and he and it, sometimes that changes, sometimes it doesn't. So who really knows what? It's hard um, to say if he was really yeah. planning that or if he just said that because everybody threw a fit. Well, I, I wasn't in fandom then either, but. I I actually didn't even know what Phantom was at that point. But I was so into the show that I was looking up things on my own. And the amount of 
interviews that I saw at that point was crazy. It was. And everything was basically one interview after another, he was contradicting himself. That's oh, yeah. Nothing new. That's yeah. kind of how. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's like literally how it was. And there was a yeah. while there, now that we've gone completely off the rails, uh, <laughs> yeah. there was a while there where nobody knew what was happening because everything we were reading was contradicting itself. Right. Well, and even, I'm sure, this is a little more relevant to this episode, um, Sam was originally going to be Kurt's boyfriend. and um, Well, see, now that was I, just a rumor. Nobody had actually confirmed that. It was, what it was, was there was rumors going around, and I don't remember exactly where these spoilers came from. And we know how accurate the spoiler websites are. Woo. Right. Some of them are really good, but unless you're from Brazil, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I remember reading. Well, he, here's the thing. I started watching Glee in the hiatus of the original. So I watched all of those episodes pretty much in a couple of days. <laughs> Just oh, everything gosh. at once. Yeah. But... Um, but the thing is, I went back and started looking up information just during that hiatus because I got so into the show and I wanted to know everything. And I read that Sam was meant to be Kurt's boyfriend or not necessarily boyfriend, but more of a like a more of a romantic interest, interest. or something than Finn was. There's... Like there was the possibility of something. There's but, two or three theories that go around about this. What well, happened I, was... I remember reading the interviews and that, uh-huh. uh, and and I don't... like I can't remember if it was Brad Falchuk or Ryan Murphy, but I remember Ryan. one of them. <laughs> but then saying that after noticing the chemistry between Diana and Cord on screen, on set, just their friendship also, like their chemistry, uh-huh. uh, just as people, they decided to go into that direction, even though initially he was meant for Kurt. See, okay, well, see, now that I do believe. Mm-hmm. There was that, there was also... They were going to um, do a closeted jock storyline, too. There was that one, and then there was also the fact that I think they talked to Cord, and Cord wasn't comfortable with doing that kind of a storyline, um, oh. Which would be so, really interesting, considering that's what he was basically hired for. That's his character. That's how he was uh, introduced right. on the so, show. So I, mean, I, I, I find that really hard to believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm not saying I I, knew, I know this is exact. I'm saying the rumors that were that's getting passed around at the time. That's what was going. I mean, because I wasn't fan, mm-hmm. not fandom, but I was on the fringes of fandom at the time. So was I. Um, I like, wasn't in fandom yet. And that's what was going around, but I can't say. The only thing that I, I read for sure uh, on a, an interview or in an interview was that um, that they were contemplating doing the, the bully, not the bully, the, um, the closeted jock uh-huh. thing, and that Cord and Diana had a lot of chemistry. Well, they ended up doing it with Karofsky, so. Yeah. Well, and I think that's because they still wanted to do it. Yeah. Right. And so they picked him instead. Right, and that's why I think um, we actually had this conversation a little bit in theatricality. Did they know that Krofsky was gay in season one? Yeah, and I, I don't think they did. I'm not sure that we did. No. Yeah, so. yeah I don't think they did. You know what, um, Cord, I, uh, to talk about chemistry, I, I think maybe there was the chemistry between um, 
between Diana and Cord, but I don't really think that Cord and um, Chris play well, like have chemistry with each other when they act like, I I mean, we never saw them in that kind of situation other than like in duets. Like a couple of scenes in duets and then that was it. They yeah, literally like, kiboshed them. Whenever they were really together in any scenes, not that it happened very often, they just, I don't know, they they don't play off each other yeah. as well as, as they do other people. Not I don't even wanna... as endearingly as Finn did like, in season Cord, one. Cord and Darren yeah. play off each other so well. I mean, that's why, like, Blam Tina came around because, like, and um, Blam in, in general, like, because... Because they play off of each other very, very well. But I also have to wonder, too, how early in the process did... Um, they write Never Been Kissed. I mean, was it at, it couldn't have been no, after it, this, I mean, they had to have known early on that it, they were... It was after they, um, it was obviously after duets, when they started talking about duets and filming duets. I mean, because they start filming in July. Right. So, and I want to say that they announced Darren's guest star in October. Early, and I early know, October, because Never Been Kissed was like the first episode, first episode back from hiatus, wasn't it? Because they usually take like three weeks off for World Series or whatever yeah. in October. Yeah, they might have. Um, I am, this was, well, there was, there was a <laughs> there somewhere, so, yeah. But I know it was a really quick process, like Darren auditioned and well, then... His audition was Friday, sometime in September, I think. On Monday or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, you know what, you guys, there's not really... I'm looking it up and there's not really a hiatus. Um, There's two weeks between duets and Rocky Horror. That's it. And, oh, um, because Rocky Horror was... What it is... Okay, I remember now. So there was the two weeks between duets and Rocky Horror and they aired Rocky Horror late... Um, Later than they normally would have because they wanted to air it closer to Halloween. Mm-hmm. But then there's like another week or so off before, because Never Been Kissed didn't air until like the second week of November. So right. it's like duets, then two weeks, then Rocky Horror, then like two weeks, then Never Been Kissed. So they split oh. it up because they did a quote unquote Halloween themed episode. Right. Though it really wasn't Halloween exactly. Um, it's just because they were doing Rocky Horror. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's what that was. So yep. they, I think they announced him like probably in the first or second week of October. Okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> All right, well, I'm, I am going to curve this back to audition. <laughs> um, and even though there really isn't very much Kurt in this episode, <laughs> I, there are some things I really want to talk about. Yeah, um, see, there is enough. <laughs> enough there about. is. The, the next thing is um, the fashion has no gender oh, scene. Which that is, is the line will never die. The brilliance of Kurt, Chris Gopher's faces. It's just, ah, yeah. oh, his reactions to Rachel are phenomenal. <laughs> well, first of all, before we, get to the, 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 before we get into the Rachel stuff, let's yeah. com- I just comment on that. Like, his, that, that line is um, kind of commentary to what people have been saying about Kurt's wardrobe in, in like, the media and whatnot. Well, I also um, think it makes a really nice parallel back to season one where 
uh, Kurt and, and Mercedes had that conversation about what she was wearing and how he said she looked like a Technicolor zebra. <laughs> I don't remember what she said about his clothes, but so, and then she's like, so is that a men's sweater? Yeah. Yeah, and he's wearing oh, a necklace, too. Is he? Well, yeah, he's wearing a necklace with the, the glasses. The glasses. Oh, that's it's right. not a brooch. He broaches their women's, quote-unquote, um, accessories. Um, kind of jewelry anyways, but yes. an actual necklace is very woman. Um, like, you know, Unless it's like a, a five-inch gold chain. <laughs> Yeah. Five inch white gold chain, yeah, it's pretty much a female oriented accessory. But I mean yeah. it's a he, for, he it's a forever twenty one necklace. Oh gosh. But, I mean he has that, that woman, but he's still wearing like a, a white shirt with a tie underneath. So it's like it's very very not in dress, uh like just taking the best of both, kind of. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's Kurt, especially in this time period um, of his life, where he identifies as masculine, but he's not afraid to have feminine accents. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting thing to watch as the seasons progress and mm-hmm. Kurt's wardrobe and his choices. And his wardrobe and... in this this um, episode especially, because later, his, his outfit... Well, because his outfit during, uh, when he was talking to Finn, um, I know when you had, had sent out the stuff to talk about and things, um, we you noted that it was, it's bondage gear. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, crap. <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> Let's not just have you. Okay, so yeah, Rachel comes in, and she basically... She basically closes the piano top almost on their hands. Oh my gosh! I did. Oh, and Kurt's playing the piano. Yeah. So it's to tie it to the fashion has no gender sweater. She refers to them both as ladies. Oh, that's true. Oh, yep. True. Um, Well, Rachel is not my favorite in this episode. In fact, I think she's kind of awful in all sorts. This might be one of the worst we've ever seen her. Yeah. But, I mean, like you guys were saying, the looks on his face during this entire sequence are worth watching. It's just the levels of just disgust and awe and confusion and what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, there was that there, too. (laughs) Yeah, at the end he says... Yeah, he he starts sort of slowly... yeah, yeah, but he he starts kind of maybe in a way trying to give her the benefit of the doubt in the beginning, like he tries to. He's squinting his eyes, There's thinking, about "Where it. are you going with waiting, yeah. waiting, waiting?" But then he's just had it. I I like the idea that like he he probably spent the whole summer with her, somewhat in the picture with with Finn being there. Dating, um, it's a wonder his face didn't get stuck that way because so like he he's probably fed so up much. And I love that that I mean Mercedes has got some pretty nice looks there too, um, and just that they kind of share these little moments throughout, especially when she says we're going to pay Karofsky and Azimio to bully us. And as somebody who has been just bullied, you know, without needing to pay anybody to do that, just the look of horror and just like what the hell and the fact that he and Mercedes kind of exchange a look at that point too going she you know she's just off her rocker on this one 
Yes. Yeah, they're they're amazing playing off of each other with the uh, with the looks in this scene. Just mm-hmm. amazing. Well, I just Chris and and therefore Kurt just have a knack of expressing so much with mm-hmm. his his facial expressions. And I don't have to wonder what he's thinking. I know. Because yep. it's just so blatantly obvious in this entire scene. He has yep. so few words compared to, you know, to Rachel, who's just going at it, you know, and mm. I know exactly how he feels. And I love that she's trying to frame it as, I'm trying to look out for you guys, and they can see right through that. I, I love <laughs> that she completely ignores his <laughs> or like, I don't know, somehow doesn't see how he looks at her. Because, like, she, mm-hmm. she just talks like when has she ever obviously they like agree with me and and are listening and and know what i'm saying and and so (laughs) like she just he's giving her the the most judgmental looks and she just completely ignores it or or is oblivious to it well that's rachel's character though i mean she's so driven that she kind of loses focus on everything else but the one goal that she has yeah. well and, and, and I mean in some ways you could almost say that Kurt is the same way maybe a little less destructively so yeah, I don't think he's as, I think he's, that he's more in, he's a little less outwardly destructive about it. yeah she she's more like a the tornado going through towards her goal and just mm. taking down everything in her way mm-hmm and that yep. never really changes about her. It, no, it she, doesn't change, but like it, it she starts to like realize that um how destructive she is being. So That's, she yeah. she remains very focused on the goal and 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 working towards it. But she's a lot more aware of other people and their. Yeah, I, I will give her that. She does eventually. I don't know that. if she necessarily becomes aware on her own. It's just that she's a little more open to hearing people when they point it out to her later yeah, I, on. Right. I think she gets hurt by other people lashing out at her, and she's like, "Wait, these are people that I actually care about, and they're they're lashing out because I hurt them, and it hurts me." So. So I have to be nicer, basically. Yeah. Right. Well, and and at this point, Kurt and Rachel haven't become besties for life yet. No. And actually, they they haven't really connected. It's kind of interesting. They don't really do much connecting during the back nine. The last time we really get any interaction is all the way back in hairography and... um, where they kind of start to understand each other, mm-hmm. even if, if... Yeah, they share that then, weight yeah. in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and even if... I mean, like, between hairography and duets, the the um, Happy Days duet, like, they're, they're enemies, basically, or don't have any um, reactions at all, interactions at all, so... Yeah. And I wouldn't say enemies. I just yeah. think that... Well, it's or more like really... he, he views her kind of as right. the enemy, not like just... just She's competition. Just... Competition, yeah. yeah. Competition. I, I want to use competition a little bit better than enemy. I don't know. Yeah, like Enemy to me kind of just says, um, you know, something bad, whereas competitor doesn't necessarily... I'm sorry, I mean really picky about word choice. No, it, so. it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't hate her, but... He also isn't fond of her yeah. either. Yeah. 
And he's yeah. sort of kind of just kind of like, really? About her. She's the necessary evil. Right. There you go. That, that's yeah. better. Yeah, she's a necessary evil. Damn her She's talent. someone he has to well, put up with. Well, she says, damn her talent. <laughs> um, the other thing about this scene, too, is that, that very end, and when they both, uh, the, both Kurt and Mercedes say, look, we want to go to New York. We want to do it the best way we can, and we're going to be inclusive of people, um, even if we have to, and that's the, the a little bit of difference between them and Rachel at this point, too, is that Rachel's like, I'm going to do this myself, and no one can stop me, whereas they're going to be like, and, and kind of this through Mercedes, but um, that, you know, we, we have to rely on other people to help each other, you know, help get what we want. Yeah, they realize that they are not on their own trying to beat Voco Adrenaline. They have to do it as a team while she's mostly thinking about herself and her being the one driving the club while they realize that it's all of them together. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. All right. So I'm um, going on. So you want to talk about Kurt and bondage wear now? <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. I really don't know anything about Chloe Meta. So I actually just read this in, in somebody else's and I wish I remember who it was because they were probably 20 times more articulate. But I, I, yeah, somebody pointed out that especially in early season two, Kurt wears a lot of bondage clothing. <laughs> Which is really interesting, actually, though, because this is when he starts expressing himself more vocally. So he's phys- he's physically containing himself while expressing himself more. Interesting. Yep. Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. like, I, don't, I don't know, but it's there. <laughs> well, look, you know, there is it's so much beta about Kurt and his his clothes and what they mean and what they don't mean and his layers. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, and you can really tell how comfortable he is in a given situation based on what he's wearing. Right. You know, and so I just, as he becomes more comfortable in and of himself, his clothing choices change. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I think he's still, he's still experimenting. Well, there's that, and I think it, there's a lot of, especially as the bullying picks up, there's mm-hmm. a lot more of in-your-face clothing choices. Right. Because he's basically going, I'm here, this is me, Yep. I don't care what you think, do whatever you want, I'm not going to put up with it anymore, here, here you go. So I think that there's a lot more boldness. In yeah, his when, choices. When he gets to New York, his his clothing like calms down so much. Like yes. it, I remember that. Yeah, he it's it, it almost. <laughs> yeah, he was slightly bold, but it's more with accents rather than screaming like, with like it was or or in the beginning. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, once re- almost actually, I would say once he gets out of season two, I don't think he wears another kilt. No, I don't think so. That was the only time in uh, prom queen. That's in season two. Yeah, I think prom queen was the yeah, last prom time. queen is the last time he wears kilt, and and so it, it, and I think some of that may be because of. Well, I mean, Blaine, but also because if you think about by the time they graduate uh, from McKinley, 
in the finale, he has a whole scene with the tadpole, what he calls mm-hmm. the tadpole gays, who are dressed just like him. He doesn't need yep. to do that anymore. Yep. So, I don't know. It's interesting that he's sort of, he, he does wear it for a while, because I think he wears it something similar in Britney Britney. Yep. Yep. And we'll get to that in a minute when we, we get over to that one. Okay. Because um, I did want to mention it. Um, the one thing in this little tiny scene, I wanted to, um, again, quote Kerr on this because I think it's interesting. And he says this to Finn. He says, oh, face it, Finn, you are no longer the quarterback. You're not the Pied Piper anymore. No one's going to follow you around thinking everything you do is cool. And, um, yeah, that yeah. that crush is done. He's off the pedestal. There's, But I think, you know... He's saying it to Finn as a dick, but he's also kind of digging at himself in that respect. I think he's actually saying it more to himself than to Finn. Mm-hmm. I think he's right. telling himself, okay, this is done, it's over, that crush is gone. I think it's also, in a, in some ways, I think it's sort of a fourth wall breaking moment, too, because that's sort of like Kurt directly to the audience, letting them know, hey, we're done with this. We're not going back to that Kurt crushing on fit anymore yeah we've we're moved on, on to something new you know and it's also interesting kind of tying it to the rest of the series not that this it obviously is a done crush after this point but i do think it's something that kurt you know does kind of where you know he had this romantic encounter it blew up in his face and then okay you know what i'm done we're not doing this anymore i put it behind me moving on it's literally yeah. how he handles every situation in his entire life yeah. right something and bad that's, happens He's just done. He shuts down. He doesn't want anything to do with anybody involved in that, and that's it. Yep, and I think duets, um, and and I'll talk more about it on the duets podcast, but I think duets kind of reflects a little more on that, where it isn't necessarily, I mean, yeah, his crush and his romantic feelings might be done, but the residue left off of that is still there. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was a very big thing that happened in his life, and it affects it. So he can talk all he wants about being done done with it. it. But, I mean, seven episodes down the road, eight episodes down the road, I can't remember which one it is now, um, their parents get married. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but still, you, you know, of course that would affect him, but it's the experience of the situation, not his feelings necessarily right. for Finn. Mm-hmm. It's just the situation is what remains in him. But I right. think it's really great, actually, that he is very self-aware that it is over, that in a way he needs to say it to kind of have some sort of closure, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But... I like that he is done with it before he finds himself having feelings for someone else. It's not that he finds someone else that helps him get over the first one, but he's he done with it before position. he meets anybody else. Right. Yeah. That's a really good commentary. I, I like, like that. that. So often you see that somebody, you know, they're hung up on somebody else. It's, su- it's such common trope you know you know they're hung up on someone else who's not available who's not interested and then oh here comes someone else and you know help then they suddenly realize oh you you know i'm over him because i'm in love with you now right yeah and and they didn't do that and that was really nice to see yeah the the one time they didn't go for the obvious yeah okay so 
before we wrap up um, audition, there's a um, a couple little moments I want to just touch upon because really Kurt doesn't do anything in the rest of this episode except for be in the background. Um, there's this scene when I believe Sunshine is singing and Kurt is sitting next to Will and it's so out of place. Like <laughs> I'm like what? And the way he's dressed, it looks a little more Chris-ish than Kurt. So I'm like, oh, Matt and Chris are having a nice conversation about something. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I like that scene, um, Sunshine Finishes and Everybody Cheers, and -hmm. his eyes are, like, huge, and he he claps. He keeps clapping, like, after everybody stops, and during Will's line, he's just, like, still clapping, like, really softly. (laughs) Really cute. I love Chris for those little background moments. Oh, yeah. I really loved that, too. I actually made a note of that, too, because I thought it was Yep, it's I, yeah. I mean, it's nice that Kurt can recognize good talent when he sees it too. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, and then, um, then there's really just the like Rachel watching, singing to herself and Kurt's in the hallway and, and watching him spin, and he's got that cute little jacket on. He looks adorable. Yeah. That's, They're rehearsing. He was doing a spin. Oh, yeah. Wow. Look, Rachel, you're missing rehearsal. Come on. <laughs> well, she's too busy singing to herself about how she did what she had to do by sending sunshine to a crack house. <laughs> oh, you know, before we leave audition, um, I would like to take a minute also to say how awful Will and Sue are in this episode. Oh, it's God. Just beast. Oh. And though I love Beast has some of the best lines in this. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of your analogies. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't remember what the line was, but she has that weird analogy, and she's like, "How is that even possible?" Or like, <laughs> you're, like, you're, all even you're, you're all coffee and no omelet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, was like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sue's reaction to Beast, like no during that first first meeting. Is awesome. Oh man. Well, then in the next episode, even though we haven't moved on, but just to mention Beast again, she has the "Don't stare at me like a donkey with a wooden leg." <laughs> I forgot all about that. What does that even mean? I don't know. Yeah. 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 And I love uh, Sue's reaction to Beast at the beginning because uh, when you, when you look at it. And then um, just remembering season six and how how much they're friends and yeah. how supportive she is. Yeah. Like, they Are danced we at the wedding. I was going to say, didn't they dance yeah. at the wedding? They did. It was very sweet. So, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to, to uh, Miss Britney Spears week. Britney, Britney! Uh, which, okay... Uh, I don't know if, hopefully, again, no hate mail, please, but I'm not a big Britney Spears fan, and just in general of the music. I, with her, I whatever, I don't care. I, I get you. I, that's I like totally your opinion, but I love this episode. Britney. Like, like one or two songs. I, I, I don't know. I was, um. Well, music is music. You, I don't think, I, I honestly don't understand people sending hate mail for any of that because everyone has a different taste. Everyone would yeah. it doesn't take much on the prefer <laughs> something. Yeah. I mean whether you yeah. have or not, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It, you don't have to be. No. It's like disclaimer, this is my opinion, that's all. Yeah, you know, you don't have to follow it. I'm not yeah. saying 
everybody must hate Britney Spears. No, I'm just saying, and personally, I don't like the aesthetic of her music. That's all. I, I was, like, early high school when, like, Hit Me Baby One More Time came out. I was late. See, I was, like, the she right age. everywhere. Yeah. And, was like, I really went cult? through the whole, like, oh, it's so mainstream, I hate it, but then secretly loving it in the background and then just, like... There comes a point when you hear something so many times... Right. That you like, suddenly um, realize you know all the words and <laughs> you catch yourself singing along and then you're like, oh my god, what just happened here? Yeah. Um, She's one of those artists. Yeah. No, I, I at least for me. had a I hate her kind of like because it was popular to hate her for a while. But then like I think when Toxic came out, I just started like really liking her music. and It's so, some so of her songs I, I really like, and some of them... I, I love her. They are catchy. I will, will give them that. I think that they are very catchy. Well, I, I, and I like that they chose her to do a tribute episode, too, because I feel like as a artist, she was relevant. She mm-hmm. was... Um, yes. She had a lot of music to choose from. She... Mm-hmm. I mean, she sold a... a bazillion albums, you know, it wasn't like they just pulled her out of a hat or something, you know what I mean? Like, run, Joey, run. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you think about it, these kids, like, at this age... They would have been listening to Britney Spears. Yeah, they they grew up with Britney. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's interesting, because a lot of season one gets that criticism of, oh, you know, these people were, you know, writers were kids in the 80s, and, and they do a lot of 80s music, and I think this was a response to that a little bit. And that, well, and I remember reading, like, even when they did, like, Stevie Wonder, was it in season four? Like, yeah. writer jumps up, and he's like, it's Stevie Wonder, and I'm like, does this kid even know who Stevie Wonder is? <laughs> and he heard Stevie Wonder song? When was the last time Stevie Wonder was played on a radio station that he would be listening to? <laughs> you, you know, so, I mean, I love that they chose... Someone like you know, someone as as mainstream as her to go with, and and so relevant because she's not much older than them, right? You know, and she was immensely popular at the well, time. The actors, and, please, well, <laughs> well, she might have been about the same age as some of the actors, but I was uh, the characters. Yeah, the been characters much younger than her. I mean, within five years. Right. So they would have really related, you know, people watching the show would have known who she was, would have been remotely familiar with her music. Yeah. Or, with or at least her herself, because she was always in the media. They yeah. were probably like, you know, as as elementary schoolers dancing to her songs. Right. Like, yeah. probably. I'm sure she was on those kids' bop CDs. Yeah, they oh, were I'm probably sure. like some of the first favorite songs these kids had. Yeah. So bringing it to Kurt, it's interesting that he is the one starting this Facebook um, petition, which, by the way, I don't think it has any members of the Glee Club on there. You never they all even thought spot. about that until yeah. When I was, I was watching, you pointed the, that out because I was like, uh, "Well, wait. Well, then who are the five people who liked his status?" <laughs> and his dad, you know, oh, who knows? His dad doesn't know who is. He was excited about it. I don't know if he. He was in it, but... I don't know. I just know that um, uh, it's interesting that Kurt kind of latches onto Britney Spears. Um, I mean, we've seen the Donna, the Lady Gaga, um, all of the old Broadway divas, but Britney, it's a little bit harder for me to connect anyway, but... Well, I don't, maybe I don't think that it's 
that much different um, in a way from Madonna because both Britney and Madonna seems to be seem to be women who express blatant sexuality and they're considered sex icons. And it, there was a lot I, of comparison between the two, especially when Britney first made it big. Yeah, so I think I think it's quite interesting that um, Kurt is a fan of women who are sex icons, while he himself is in a way very reserved about his outward expression of sexuality. It's a personal sex. He's he's okay with like the like you know sexual expression, but and he respects women especially who are sexually uh, open, uh, not so much promiscuous, but just, like, open with... Mm -hmm. Yeah, expressive. Mm -hmm. But, like, for himself, like, no, no. That's cool. (laughs) No. But, yeah, at the same time, I mean, like, if you... Not you. Kurt latching onto Madonna or Britney Spears or whatnot, he can listen to their music and sing their music and be expressive that way without really having to uh, be himself through it. Yeah. Yep. It's an outlet for that that need to experience that. You know, he he did single ladies in in his basement um, dancing to the dance and recording himself. I, you know, I can only imagine himself, like, I... Earlier today, I was listening to some season four songs, and um, uh, Spice Girls came on, and all I could think of is like five year old Kurt dancing to the Spice Girls, and one of those, um, you know, her songs. He he probably was like dancing around when he was young, maybe like with his mom when he was young to to kind of make it sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad. No. Anytime to throw in Kurt Mom's memory, though, that that's you know. Yeah. I like the head cannon. I like that. Um. So, um, this episode uh, begins the Brittany bringing Brittany out as a character, and well, um. Uh, well, can I say one more thing about the episode oh, though? Yeah. How, how it's Kurt who makes Brittany a thing. He's the one pushing for them to do Brittany Spears, and yet he does not get a Brittany number. No, he does not. I'm very sad. That's why we'll get to the end because he gets really, he's very angry. Mm-hmm. He gets angry. All angry. He, you know, he does get angry about he that. Does. So. In fact, it's really interesting because as the episodes go, I would say probably through, duets, it's not so much in Rocky Horror because we don't see a whole lot of him, but through duets, um, he's really angry and he's progressively yeah. angrier. In every episode. Even all the way up until that moment he needs blame, mm-hmm. he is very upset with the world. And, mm-hmm. and very... Um, he It shows it in this episode. It does more so, way more in Grilled Jesus. It kind of... There's tiny hints of it in Audition. But he's kind of... Whether it's, you know, self-imposed or not is up for discussion. But he's kind of becoming to isolate himself. From the rest of the group. Well, maybe yeah. maybe it has something to do with the fact that now he's in the Glee Club. Now he has all of these friends. He's supposed to have people he can rely on. And in a way he does. But at the same time, they still don't quite get him. And he still doesn't right. have anyone he can 
quite relate to. For all that Mercedes so tries, maybe he, one uh, of the like, biggest yeah, she tries, but she's still issues in their relationship the, is that she still doesn't get it. Yeah, she, oh, yeah, she's still not what he needs. And so all of this stuff is building up inside of him, and he doesn't know how to express it, so it comes out as anger for the smallest things, even something as Britney Spears. Right, and until until that scene when, and and we can talk about it more later, when when he does, like, just explode at, at, at will, I mean... Yeah. And not yell at teachers, that's not who he is. No. And yeah, we'll get to that in just a second, but the one thing, you know, that I think is really interesting, and, and, you know, I guess we're talking about an isolated incident here, but it it really is a connecting theme throughout these first, you know, five episodes, five and a half episodes before he meets Blaine, and that's, I think you hit the nail on the head when, you know, he just, you know, he's got the support system, he's got people that he's friends, but he still kind of feels alone, and he doesn't have somebody who really understands, and then the bullying is picking up, so and of course he like, feels like he can't tell anybody or right. or or on the flip side they know and no one's doing anything about it that too but Kurt has always been one who is like I'm going to figure this out on my own yeah. he's, he's, he's very much an internalized person so he's what? he's not going to rush out and go oh my god Mercedes Karashki cornered me after school today and then they did this and then they did this and he's not going to say that and and Mercedes, as much as I love her, is not going to... I mean, she knows enough to sometimes keep her distance, but not always to be like, hey, I notice you're you're acting out in Glee Club. What's going on? She's just kind of let him kind of do that thing. And, and, you know, so... But, I mean, the whole point of this is to lead up to the introduction of Blaine and the, and the change of, you know, where the story goes after that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to this scene particularly, um, Brittany is... Um, not wanting to do Britney Spears. I love his um, line where he's like, why no Britney, Britney? <laughs> I love Britney in this episode. Oh, sorry, hon, can you say that again? I just love Britney in this episode. She like, was really good. They, th- this was a good episode to pull her to the forefront. She she right. just gets those one-liners, mm-hmm. and, and Heather Morris does it so well. She, <laughs> there was an interview once, and I don't remember who they were interviewing, but she had said, I guess Heather had said something about maybe wanting to take some acting lessons, and <laughs> yes. someone in the big three told her not to, because they were worried that if Brennan. she got lessons, she would lose her delivery. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Ian Brennan. Was it Ian Brennan? Yeah. I couldn't yeah. remember who told her that. And so I they, feel that, like, yeah. in season six, I just did not like Brittany as much. And, like, just the the way she played her was, it, it just felt a little different. It was just that might be because I Heather took a bunch of time off and had a baby and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, kind of coming back to the, the episode itself, um... This is, you know, it's the first time Kurt's kind of outwardly angry. I think that's the first time he's outwardly angry at anybody in the Glee Club. I mean, I think we've seen him be true. a little eye-rolly. And, I mean, I mean, there's Rachel. You know, which catty is comment different. in the background, sarcastic, glaring at somebody. Right. It's all very, you know, mumbled under his breath or... Right. He's like, yeah, thanks, Bert. Thanks a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Santana snaps at him. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, man, and that well, is pretty alone. And the group snap fest because they, those two just, over the years. It, you know, it would have been interesting to see if, because, you know, we've seen Santana snap at him quite a bit. It would have been interesting if she had ever gotten the, other, you know, the end of the other end of that. Because he can if he wants to. He doesn't usually, but. I think that if he, I think he chooses his targets for the snapping Widely, because he knows with Santana, she will give as good as she gets. With yeah. other people that he tends to snap at, they're not really that personality type, so mm-hmm. they're less likely to come back at him with something that he can't use against them. Whereas Santana, right. I mean, no, she, I, she cuts hard. That would be like she does. She cuts hard. She cuts harder than he does, and I think he he knows that. And on some level, I think he kind of respects that about her. <laughs> and yeah, not somebody that he really wants to mess uh-uh. with either. Yeah, oh. I mean, like season six, he he really gets it. Yeah, yeah. oh man, right. <laughs> oh. oh this yeah, that <laughs> rant just exploded. I, it was wonderful. <laughs> I love that. It, it was it was great. In all the things that it was, and on some parts of me are like, wow, that was really harsh, and other parts of me are like, but damn. Damn, girl. Well, it was I will harsh, say- and, and I think, I mean, most of it wasn't actually true. Like, the things that she was saying were factually inaccurate, but the way she did it, she just kept going on and on and on, and no matter what she was saying, it didn't matter, because she was getting to him in a way, and in a way, she wasn't, really. Mm-hmm. But what, ha- her, what was her... the worst about it, I think, was what happened with fandom afterwards. But it, it was sort of like, her, early, but... um, like when, when Sam came back and hold on to 16, um, okay, that was her, funny her trouty mouth thing. It was the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, know that was almost playful. Yeah. Yeah. It was in a different kind of spirit. Um, but, but the same kind of thing, like just it's Santana. It's her thing. Um, I wanted to point out about the scene, like with the crisscross and, and contemporary music. Um, uh, first of all, like, the Britney line, um, or he asks oh. who's Chris Cross, and, and Britney says um, he discovered America. And Finn, <laughs> isn't, Finn he, isn't Finn the one said that? Or, <laughs> like, how yeah. can you get stuck halfway between the moon and New York City? Yeah, yeah. and then they do that song later yeah. on. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like every when uh, they that song I mean, and the they dirt did, back oh, rest, What's uh, the name of that song again? I'm blanking. It's, I Arthur's don't know. It's season six. Arthur's now. theme. That's what it's called. Arthur's when they theme, yeah. when they did that song later on, and I first I heard it, I said, "Wait a minute! Isn't they this the same song, song that they were trying to do back in season <laughs> two? That they all hated? <laughs> no, they've grown up to really appreciate it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not saying they don't no. Blaine got them to do it. That's what it was. It was Blaine. <laughs> Blaine got them to do it with a smile. Yep. Oh, he he wooed them all with tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> and the top hat. <laughs> the top hat. <laughs> but still, yeah, I I think of Finn whenever when I when I watch that scene. Oh, like, me too. Like Finn is yeah. there. Oh. 
All right, so moving on to um, round two of Kurt asking to do Britney Spears and being shot down again. and the scene where they all take the blue pills? Yes, it is. God. (laughs) So Kurt has, like, um, basically it's it's just a small little moment of him being like, okay, whatever, you know, screw you, but okay, fine. Um, And then we... And then... I was just going to say we welcome John Stamos to the cast. Oh, John Stamos. (laughs) That man has aged very nicely. He has. <laughs> I, I give him a lot of credit. He really has. Um, much better than his 1980s hair as Uncle Jesse. Anyway. His um, hair got better as that show went on. It did. it did. And his hair now is quite fantastic. Yeah. You know, see, there you go. Yep. You can age gracefully. Just look at John Stamos. Yep. And the best part about this whole blue pill scene uh, is... Brittany saying that she brushes her teeth with Dr. Pepper. Yes. And when we were talking about um, laryngitis, about um, how when, when laryngitis, when Kurt's kissing Brittany, that um, her lip gloss tasted like Dr. Pepper. And maybe, you know, because she probably also she washes her mouth with Dr. Pepper. And Kurt does, in the scene, he gives her the funniest look, like, what? You know? It's a cross between <laughs> WTF and oh. Yeah, like, wait a minute, that wasn't her lip gloss. Yeah. It's literally so, shock and trying not to gag. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, oh. and that's, it's really just, oh, that whole scene is really funny, though, because, and then poor Artie, he's like, I'm so short, I can't, I guess, wait, did I have to sit here and the mirror? And Santana's like, well, there you go, Bluetooth. <laughs> I have to say, okay, I remember. <laughs> And for the love of Chris Colfer, I love him so much. I'm going to say this anyway. When he smiles and you can't see his top teeth. Oh. <laughs> or does the teeth thing, and I'm like, you can't even see your teeth, sweetie. I'm not making fun of him. I mean, because <laughs> I know people get really sensitive about that, but whatever. It's just cute. It's just the way his mouth is shaped. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, when Rachel reveals hers, and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And the reaction gifts are porn because that oh my god gift from that oh it got so much mileage oh it's yeah so um so the next thing we see Kurt in is actually um shoot what is the name me against the music sequence and hello, I Mr. I love it oh sorry go ahead oh, what I said hello sneaky Kurt because I know I know that the rest of the cup is there but he's the only one you can really actually right see and he's wearing that amazing tank top <laughs> those amazing pants with Ooh, that from amazing the hair Barbara's trays and flash mob <laughs> right well yeah and it's the one and in, um, yeah. in the workout like booty camp or whatever they were yeah. doing yeah but I think this this is the first time he wears it, and he's not wearing under, anything underneath it in this scene. He's wearing no. a straight up and down tank top. He's not wearing anything underneath it. There are no layers on him in this. It's really interesting because this is Brittany and Santana's fantasy sequence. So is that how they see him? Interesting. I know. That's what I wonder, too, because, I mean, and he's sitting somewhat sensually on that. And he's on the slurping top. on a straw. Right. Which is it, you know what reminds me of a little bit of that photo shoot Chris did when he was a really young in the gay bar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Except for you know, he's not so much baby penguin here as he was in that photo shoot, but uh, 
But yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, and it's unfortunate we don't see the rest of the character. I mean, they are there in the There's little cubby the there. I think yeah. Finn is quite obvious, too. He's so tall, though. He, he's I know, really... I know just Finn quite well. I think he, he looks at them as if he, he has no place there. He is so out of place. And also, Puck's actually, now that I'm looking at this photo, Puck is actually behind the bar. One, wasn't one of them behind the bar, like, making a drink or something? Yeah, Puck is. Is that Puck? Okay. Yep. And then um, um, Tina is wearing something funky <laughs> in, the, in the foreground there. But that's that's all I can see in my little stills here. But, yeah, it's a, and I love I love that Glee sometimes do the, does this, that if you really look hard enough, you can see tiny little moments like this. But, I mean, when your favorite character is pushed so far in the background, that's what you do anyway, but, you know. It's hard when it's, yeah. it, you know, when it's an episode that doesn't necessarily focus on, on them. You have to look for those moments. But, it, yeah, it, but it is still cool that it's there, and it's such a not-curt, like, moment. So it's like, what can you draw from that? Can you draw anything from that? You know, is it just the fantasy and they wanted a cool look or what? So. Well, and the but other I thing is... I think it does it, speak about, about who he is in a way. Not necessarily who he is, but even if it's a fantasy sequence that Santana and Britney see him as, it's still kind of... That's because how they see him. Because he gives... Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting that they see him in such a, well, I mean, you said it, a sensual light. I mean, they're they're sort of fantasizing him in such an overt way, which he is not. Or maybe later, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah, later when he, like, drapes himself all over the piano all the time. (laughs) <laughs> or at the gay bar when he's just like, oh, Santana's lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Santana's lap, Wayne's lap, somebody else's lap. They saw the attention. Do we mean, like, post, post uh, first time? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, so then we get um, time three that Kurt asks to do Brittany, and this time he's acting, he just, like, lashes out to everybody's surprise. I yeah, and that's Kurt when he has the little bondage wear still and the kilt. Yes, he's right. wearing the, the gray shirt and, he, and the kilt yep. in this scene. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that way. And then I remember the very first time I saw this scene, I literally gasped out loud and put my mm-hmm. hand over my mouth. And I swear my eyes about fell out of my head. They were so, my eye sockets, like I was open so wide, staring at the screen going, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is not the Kurt that I'd come to know as a character. And even though I, I was, wasn't in, in fandom at the time, and I was only just starting to gravitate towards Kurt as being one of my favorites, um... I was very much a general audience person in the first season, so uh, it was just starting to go towards, like, wow, I really like her. I just remember being so shocked. Yeah, I was too. I like, do remember that. He just exploded. And it's not even that he exploded at one of the other kids, because I think almost I might have understood that. Mm. It's that he went off on a teacher. On a teacher, he, for reasons unbeknownst to anyone ever actually likes <laughs> well and and you know i think the anger 
as we, you know, continue to conclude, is more than just about Britney Spears or not doing Britney oh, Spears. Oh, definitely. It's about, it's about you know, not being taken being seriously. Serious, no. Right. And I, I think that's, like, that comes back in um, Never Been Kissed. And I actually mm-hmm. just had a thought It just uh, while I was talking about this. I'm wondering now if maybe he exploded at Will because Will is a safe person for him to explode at. If he yells at a teacher... What happens? He goes to the principal's office. He gets detention. Maybe they write him up for whatever. So maybe he's Hell, maybe they suspend him and he doesn't have to go to school for three days. Maybe Mm -hmm. he feels safe in this. Yes, he feels safe not only in the choir room because in a roundabout way, the choir room is a safe space for them to express themselves. Whatever else that Mr. Shu does as a teacher and is good or is not good at and whether or not that you want to consider this a good thing or a bad thing, because I think it can be both, this is a space where they can express themselves, be good, bad, ugly, whatever. So he's mm-hmm. in his safe space, and he's with a person who is not going to fight back at him verbally or physically, other than to tell him to go to the principal's office. And I right. also think it, it shows that a, a, a vast difference between, like, this, and, like, the last year where he didn't even feel safe really expressing himself, his, like, inner emotions, like, expressing himself, he feels safe, like, with his clothes and stuff, but actually what he's feeling, like, he he didn't even feel safe with his dad telling him the truth for, for a long time. And, mm-hmm. like, he, he got over that in the first season. And then, like, he, he this is the, the progression that he's, He's feeling safe with like a teacher and and this group of kids to actually show what he's actually thinking and feeling, other than you know eye rolls and sitting back and. Well, and and I was just while you were saying that, and if you think about season one and say like maybe the Defying Gravity incident, where it took Bert coming in, he let Bert fight that battle for him. Yeah. Right. Whereas I think that season two onward. He's very much no, you know. I'm gonna push for this myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and I, I don't know back. if he's, yeah, I don't know if he's really even wanting to fight a battle this time. To it's just more like pushing and pushing because it's this one thing he's decided to hold on to, and he needs to express his anger somehow. So he's latching on to the Britney thing even though I'm I don't know if he necessarily maybe he believes needs, it's something he needs to fight for. He, maybe he, he just, just needs needs that one that. thing to go his way. Well and on top of that, this this outburst comes after Britney literally saying, you know, I've found myself, I found confidence, I'm gonna Britney Spears has helped me, you know, figure myself out and I think that too is what Kurt's reacting to. Like Hey, Mr. Shu, she just figured herself out. This is what I really want to do, you know, and you are not letting me do it. So, And, and then afterwards, not only her, but um, then uh, even Rachel and then Santana approving of Rachel's new look and all oh, of them. Gosh. So, Oh, Santana so has a really more... great line about what Rachel being Rachel's those wearing, wearing and I cannot Japanese. remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, very about, specific you know. Japanese businessman. Yeah. Yeah. Usually yeah. you dress like that, but I'm actually digging this look. So yeah. kudos or yeah, bravo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She even gives her a little bit of a, a like light, like light applause. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and it's actually, incidentally enough, it's actually kind of bringing them together. Them pushing to do Britney Spears is actually sort of bonding them. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about the scene before we move on to the next one is just that he, that Kurt kind of like lets loose when he, when he starts screaming at Will and telling him he's uptight and whatever. And he loses control for a little bit for just like a split second when he's yelling. And you can tell once, you know, after everybody's shocked and, and Will is like, go to the principal's office, Kurt completely collects his composure again. And he's then that like very closed off. And I have I was... never seen a person so able to literally on a dime, completely cut off, every, like, to stop emoting outwardly. Right. Yep, because he's just, like, he, he goes out gracefully, he just, like, collects his things. And he just kind of walks with his head yeah. up, and, and, and it's really interesting, of course, since he's wearing the kilt, you know, and it's very, almost like a regal exit. Hmm. Yep. In yep. his bondage wear and his kilt. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Mm. Um, and then, gosh, four times he asks to do Britney Spears. <laughs> and then, well, no, this is not even the, okay, this, because there's this little scene where he, um, he doesn't ask to do Britney Spears, but it's after Rachel um, yeah, has her transformation. Over. And he's like, at the risk of expulsion, <laughs> um, just letting you know that Britney Spears, like, pulled her out of it. Mm. Um, and he's wearing, and this time he's wearing a suit and, and a bow tie and... He's very confined know. in that scene. Yep. Almost like he realized how far he went, so now he had to go so far the other way. Yep. And then he's like, that's all, and he's got this little attitude. Like, and then his he, head does a little thing. <laughs> and his mouth has got that little, like, like the, his lip is doing like almost like a sneer almost, but not quite. Yep. And, well, yeah, it's like, that's all. It's very, very pointed, and and, and that <laughs> is the Kurt that is usually present. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's interesting, when they actually get to the part where he's going to let them do Britney, he's checked out, like, all of the rest of the, the kids are talking about Britney Spears and connecting with her and whatever, and Kurt's in the background just like, whatever. I'm like, I'm done. I'm just exhausted or whatever. And I think I made a note the first time I did this episode. I don't think I kept it in the second notes. Um, how many... Brittany Week must have gone on for, like, two weeks, because he has so many costume changes <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> but, Maybe he's got yeah. fleshied a lot in the background or something. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, his locker is full of extra clothes, just in case. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he carries at least three to four outfits in his locker alone. Yeah. Well, in fan yeah. fiction, his locker is basically a, a huge closet full of extra clothes, right? I believe it. <laughs> well, and he so, has and he has his main locker in the hallway, and he has a gym locker, so that that boy is probably maximizing space. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, so Will decides that um, because of that, his own issues. Oh God. The, <laughs> No, you know what? No, I don't even want to. We won't even talk about it. We'll just say it's all his fault. He's having issues, so he decides that they are going to do Britney at the pep rally, and he's going to perform it with them. Okay, I'm, okay. Before blurred lines was even a thing, Will does this. He he sings this very inappropriate song with minors in front of other minors. I just 
What? I, you, okay. I, all right. <laughs> yeah, just it, one it, more it, thing in, in the case, long people, list of things that he does that's inappropriate for someone who's in education. <laughs> Oh God! For his own benefit. Yeah. I just. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. It basically so... starts. It oh, starts sorry. in the pilot. Yeah. yeah go ahead. It's not news. No, but what what I wanted to say was that um, push it in a way is a lot more blatantly sexual. I think the moves and everything that they do, but he. I also make uh, just. Oh, I'm so sorry. To... Is no. No, the fact, I just wanted to say what makes it worse is the fact that Will is there with them. Right. And it's not even that maybe he's like dancing in the background or whatever. No, he is a predominant participation in the performance. He, well, he choreographed it. Like, push it. It's kind of a joke at how overly sexual these moves that, are. And, and, and in some ways, awful. that was the point, I think, when yeah. they originally, but, I mean, as as the writing people... Right. And and the choreographer, um, was it, uh, oh my God, was Zach choreographing exactly. at that point? I think so. Okay. I think he did until season five. Well, I can't remember exactly when he came on, if he was on from the beginning, because I don't think he was there from the very, very beginning, but I know he came on really, really early. So I can't remember okay. exactly when. I know he didn't. Well, wait, no, he did the pilot. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. He did the pilot, yeah. He did the pilot. So I, was, I think, that's a, yeah. And at, at any rate, that performance, all of that overtness was on purpose. Right. But this, it's kind of, I mean, they're like holding up the, the hats to their genitals and, and, you know, it's a little, it's not really any subtler. But, you know, it, it is something that a teacher choreographed. I, I just, yeah. oh my God. And he choreographed it and he's participating in it. And that just adds a whole level of skeeviness to it that may not have been there had it just been right the glee club, club and it's kids, also but it's also more purposeful whereas the, the push it was a joke here it's a little bit more like i i'm they're more how do i put this because they were obviously aware of what they were doing in push well, it but like push it, he had no idea what they were doing and as a club i mean it's what episode two yeah they really didn't know what they were doing yeah. No, and you can tell even though a year the later are in a way sexual, they're still slightly awkward, and it's it's oh, yeah. not mm, not there was like, almost an adultery on se- or sensual in, in any way. It's just kind of yeah, like you said, a joke. But it, their intention wasn't for it to be a joke, but it is. Well, right. this there's kind of an innocence to push it that makes it funny. Yeah. Versus yeah. Mm-hmm. what happens in Toxic. Where it's so, and it's not even sexual. It's it's sensual. It's very. There's lots of like, you know, body movements and and it, that implied. I mean, even more than push it. You know, that push it did. It's sort of like right. a push it is so over the top. You can't help but laugh at it. You're not going to look at push it and go, Oh man, let's go find the nearest broom closet. You know? Right. Whereas you watch toxic and you know, there's JBI masturbating in the audience. There's screaming about how she wants to be Mr. Shoes, Brittany. Oh God. Uh, (laughs) I mean, and then of course, and then Sue, pushes the fire alarm and then she's like it's a Britney Spears sex riot I mean that's why yeah. 
it was it was taken more seriously in some respects. Yes. And so and yeah. So I will say um concerning Kurt in this one where he's you know he's definitely not baby penguin but he's also again safe. He's doing a performance. Mercedes is his you know partner when when he's doing any kind of duetting semi-sexual acts it's always with her. Well um, and even in so, Push It except for that one point where he right. smacks Finn on the butt. Right. It's all and very yeah heterosexual movements he's you know i forget was it was tina or mercedes's partner mercedes and it's interesting that once again it's her that he's doing that with that he's comfortable doing that with right but that i mean yeah you you pair him up with you know anybody else it probably wouldn't have worked mm-hmm. you pair him up you know he definitely wouldn't have done any of that with a guy it's the safety in this group performance in a performance with mercedes who's mercedes and his teacher is on stage with them so nobody's going to rush the stage because the teacher's up there you know yeah. what i mean he's not going to get attacked the teacher was there the teacher condoned it if any if anybody says anything he goes well you can just take it up with mr shoe he's the one that did it you know, yep. so he feels comfortable in that sense to let down a little bit. Yep. Versus, say, like, animal. Well, an animal, oh gosh, I'm going to have a lot to say about the baby penguin stuff because that is just. I feel like in some ways to... Kurt took two steps forward and then three steps back and then one step forward and then five steps well, back. And I... then they had the first I time did. and oh. <laughs> I really isn't necessarily taking steps back. Um, it's just, I mean, not to move forward towards sexy or anything, but mm-hmm. still, I guess we can mention it. Oh, I yeah. don't think he's taking steps back. It's just at that point, it's a lot more real. Right. Because Maybe he's that's it. talking about that with his crush at that time. And yeah. it, it's not some hypothetical thing. It's just a I lot more real. That's a good point, because I think for Kurt, a lot of his desires, fantasies, you know, what have you, it's all abstract, because he has nobody, even if there's people he likes, like Finn or Sam, they're unattainable. He's never going to experience those things with these people, so all everything in his head is abstract, Mm -hmm. until, that's a good point, until somebody is actually standing in front of him, and is an actual possibility it's like reality slapping you in the face like oh my goodness this could actually happen holy crap somebody like whoa this in addition kurt when he is more aware of himself and i kind of think of the backup plan too when he's singing for june Mm -hmm. when he's more aware of himself he's less confident he's so much more able to pull off a you know sexy for lack of a better word or or even a, a sensuality of you know that kind of presentation if he's not trying to do it right yeah the moment he starts trying to do that he looks like he has stomach pain <laughs> yeah. and I, I also kind of think that the whole baby yeah. pink thing kind of gets blown out of proportion via fanfics and whatnot mm-hmm. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. Think, but. And this is something I'm sure you guys I agree. more about when you hit that episode. The problem with that was 
at the time, we had so little Kurt Blaine interaction to go oh, on yeah. that we were a very thirsty fandom and we were grasping at every straw. I mean, the fix that came out of fandom from never being kissed until... Mm, uh, Born This Way? Original are so song. light original song there you go are so light on actual canon information oh yeah that we had to milk what we did have and <laughs> right and everything I think got overplayed yeah i mean oh, like when, uh blaine's outfit in uh in uh what substitute the drinking episode Oh, oh. <laughs> like he yeah. he became yeah. a hipster in every single fan fiction after that. Like, yeah. you can tell everything that, yeah. that everything that was written after that, but before like season um, season three came out. So so the the bow ties didn't come out yet. <laughs> like everything was yet. like a, a hipster or a bad boy or you know like. Just well, yeah, that, that was also Darren influence too. Um, yeah, Darren. See that there was a lot of um, Darren influenced. Yeah, in yeah, that time period. So you know, and I think also when you have, it's one of those things, and and I totally understand because I've done it too. When you get so caught up in the moment of those episodes that are right there too, you don't look back on the whole thing. And and here we are doing a podcast where we're looking at the whole series and being like, hmm. Early season, Kurt was very sensual in some ways. We just, you know, you know, it's you know, four where minutes. You yeah, was very, very, because that was a, a lot for a lot of people. It's like, whoa, when did he get hot? <laughs> you know. Oh, see, and for me, like, it was born this way that did it. Even four minutes didn't that, do it, and, and, but and born was, this way really did it. There, there are so many examples of of him being so just, you know, sensual and sexy and, and whatever in his performances, but it's all because it's unconsciously done. Right. right. And so when he does it on purpose, like, and even in Toxic in some ways, he's sort of playful about it and less intense. Like, mm. Mr. Shu, he was all like, woo! But yeah. he's like playing around yeah. and Right. Kind of kind of looking, you know, like, you know, like, I remember he has that, like, big, not really a smile exactly, but it's sort of like that playful expression on his face when he's playing with the hats and Mercedes. Was, he likes playing with hat. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It's, so it's not like he wasn't taking it seriously. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. And um, hopefully we never have to talk about Jacob Ben Israel masturbating again. Unfortunately, the butt sweat episode is still coming up, but. Oh, oh well, that uh, would be the other reason. Why we don't see the actor for a while? Because the, the, they got so much flack for the masturbation and the butt sweat. But it's so gross too. I, well, it's, you know he's what sniffing Rachel's underwear at some point. Yeah, just why? same episode actually. I think. Yeah. Just yeah. that the, between the two that he got, they got a lot of backlash from all the big controversial groups. Yeah. That they ended up kind of back seating him for a while. At the same time, I, not that I find it inappropriate. I just am like, ew, that's gross. It is like, gross. I, I don't really want. I don't, I don't yeah. really want to see that. That's just me. <laughs> yes. 
And and well and and um I remember in season one when uh when Quinn uh when Quinn and Finn are in the hot tub and Finn, you know, has an orgasm. Yeah. They got in trouble for that too. Well, yeah. okay. Well, so, I mean, they've I, gotten in trouble yeah. for a lot of things. I mean, the whole um, the grilled cheeses episode got them in a lot of trouble. Yeah, too. I was going to say they, they so. constantly got themselves in trouble. So I guess that just. I think eventually they just sort of yeah. wasted it because they realized that they weren't going to win everybody over. So why try? So we're just going to do whatever the hell we want. Basically, yeah. to go back to Kurt's rant at the beginning of audition, they. You know, they can fight as much as they want, but then they'll get another slushy in their face. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and then, I you mean, know. I still think that they were trying to, I mean, they don't want to piss off too many people. Yeah, they Because they, they still need advertisers, and there's Fox to deal with, and we all know Fox was all up in that show. They they definitely uh, walked a tightrope, because, like, mm-hmm. from, I mean, for another controversy, thinking of like the season three, Kurt, um, Clayne, and and Brittana. Yeah. Um, I'm, how... I'm I'm gonna stop you with that one just because that's a whole podcast. Not that I, you know, which is hilariously inappropriate or appropriate of me or ironic or something, but not that I don't want to talk about that. It's just that we will when we get into season three, and that's a, a big topic for that. Uh-huh. So I kind of want to just like cap off this one. So I'm sorry, I'm not well, trying to I be like me. Mention, like, Go ahead. The, the comment yeah, you can just edit this whole thing out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> edit if you need to. Are you going to talk about Go how ahead. once I'm the first time it okay. happened, they never really interacted? Yeah, no. That's, and there was there, and, and I do think it is a point of something that should be talked about. Well, I was, I just, I was like, just going to say, like, they, they got a lot of out, outside input. Like, like you were saying about the censors mm. and, and special interest groups. But then, oh, like, yes. with Clayne and Britannia, they got a lot of, like, the fans' input. And then they mm-hmm. brought that up, like, the meta, they brought that up with um, Brittany and Sam, how she said, the lesbian I, bloggers. I, I'm afraid of you. The lesbian blogger community. And that was just one more instance of Ryan Murphy just thumbing it in everybody's face. <laughs> so, it, no, I'm so sorry. I wasn't say, trying like, to... They're, they probably got a lot of different, like, from all sides, people. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't do mm-hmm. that. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, my God. Oh, you're being horrible. Like, you know. Whereas I, people yeah, are, I feel like, like they were doing. consistently walking a line of this is what we want to do. Right. How far can we push this? Is yeah. this too far? Sometimes yeah. it's too far. Because, I you mean, know, and, like Brian Murphy shows are... I don't want to say horrible because they're they're good. Like he has good shows, but they're they're, they're they do horrible things. Horrible things happen. Like horrible things happen. I mean, I watch every season of like from popular back in like 2000. Like it was an awesome show, but it had such horrible characters yeah. and like. And it, and it never uh, never answered cliffhanger. I didn't even watch that show, and I already don't know. Somebody got hit by a car. Oh, somebody cheated on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody got hit by a car in the finale. Mm. And they don't know if she lived or she died, I think is what it was. Yeah. And 
I'm, I'll, I'll edit my little commentary. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, like, completely, like, talk over you or anything or not wanting you to, you know, always feel free to express. I just was like, oh, my gosh, we're verging on a very, very huge topic. Are you going to do a podcast topic just about gonna, that? It's going to be brought up over and over and no, over. No, no, that's yeah. pretty big, so it's it's okay. And it really doesn't have anything to do with the episodes we are trying to talk about anyway, so. <laughs> and most of the time I don't mind the tangents, but I'm like, oh, we could spend, like, another hour on yeah. this. And I'm like. We're yeah, at the end of this one. Let's edit this out. Yeah. yeah. I did want to make one point um, with with John Stamos coming in this episode. Like, I really like the the Santana John Stamos thing. Oh, really? She, she what, said, what, she's in love with a uh, sexy dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't her dad that? a dentist? Yes. Or a doctor. Doctor. A doctor. Okay, but I couldn't remember. When, um, no, Mercedes's dad is a dentist. That's yeah. So, yeah. Somebody's dad was a dentist. I couldn't remember who. When uh, she says when she came out to her mom, her mom, or, or maybe like in the graduation episode, her mom says it. But she says, "I always knew you were a lesbian because you had such a crush on Uncle Jesse." <laughs> true. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> see, that. I love. Like, I I love that they did that. Like. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's true. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. At the time, I'm sure that I noted it, it, it fandom talked to, to death, but, like, just right now, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I had forgot just, all about that. You know, it's one of those little things that, like, Lee has all of these little things that, like, sometimes even going back now, Watching, I'm like, oh my god, I never saw that before. Or, oh my god, that. No, that's I mean, just they like... did a lot with, um, yeah. like, you know, obviously pop culture references. Like in season mm-hmm. one, uh, Finn wants to name the baby Drizzle, and he's like, well, Gwyneth Paltrow named her kid Apple, and then six, you know, ten, twenty episodes later, there's Gwyneth Paltrow as a substitute. They did it with Lindsay Lohan. Too. Lindsay Lohan. Um, they did it with John Stamos in season one. Mm-hmm. It's something Garshan. about him. Yeah, so it, so it became a running gag for them yeah. to make fun of somebody, mention, or someone, mention somebody, and then, and then you know, X episodes later, that person's guest starring on the show. All right, so finishing up um, this Brittany part, there's one last scene at the very end, and um, Kurt's upset because they they only did one Brittany song, um, and um, and he didn't yeah, even get to do one. He didn't even get to do one. I but my, I, I I really want to end it with the. Um, the, I don't know why, this makes me laugh every time I see this, but Finn says, or um, Rachel has this whole bird metaphor for Finn, sorry, Rachel has a whole bird metaphor for Finn and Rachel and how she wants to let him fly, and Brittany's like, Finn can fly, and Kurt's like, really? really? <laughs> <laughs> what is it with, with, His uh, timing is with, so, with, so perfect. Kurt crushes and birds. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it is, or it's or a mythological the, theme going on here. The metaphor that Rachel gives reminds me a lot of um, uh, something that Blaine might say to Kurt, <laughs> um, it, which is kind of interesting in itself, but yeah. Well, just uh, Yeah, from Rachel's a whole separate size. Yep. I was going to say, a lot of people say that Blaine and Rachel are, I mean, Kurt and Rachel can be alike, but a lot of people say that Blaine and Rachel are alike. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can Close see that. New Rachel. Yeah. 
He is the new Rachel. <laughs> Super Blaine's a lot nicer. Yes. Blaine would not send anybody to a crack house. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, on <laughs> not on purpose. Not on purpose. True. He would be on accident, and he would be really sorry about it later. <laughs> and he'd have to sing a solo. So. But anyway, that's kind of the the end of Brittany, and just, oh gosh, I just love that moment at the end, where we're like, after all of the silliness, it's like, really? Her, well, yeah. I, I, just, I just love, like I said at the beginning of, uh, I just love Brittany's little one-liners, and like, I, I, this is, I mean, she had some in the first season, but in season two onwards, she just really has some really, really good ones. Like the capital of Ohio? Of Ohio is O. Yeah. I mean, and, yes, um, it's true. The president is Will I Am, uh-huh. and uh, what's a duet? It's it's um, what you say? It's like a, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, a duet. Cover, red cover. Cause she's thinking yeah. of duvet. It's a blanket. Blanket. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, um, I love the first, what's an first anthem? Season, that, uh, uh, I think the ducks in the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Uh, she did one about anthem too, about an ant and a hem or something like that. I, or am I making I, that one up? I might have read that in yes, a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fourth season. I think no, that um, this season, Second. this this last little scene though, I always have in my head like Kurt thinking, "I cannot believe I made out with you." <laughs> I think he he thought that many times in the <laughs> specifically when she, he found out she brushed her teeth with Dr. Pepper. Yep. So, I think he may have went home and like showered for three hours. Gargled and and gargled with like oh, I don't man. know. Well, I mean, like <laughs> you have this, and then a couple episodes later, and never been kissed. He said that was my first kiss. Anyone that counted, like I mean, he completely dismisses it as a kiss. Yeah, yep. But they they do have to. Really... It doesn't count because he didn't care about Brittany, and and that, yeah. and in a sense, okay, yeah, that kind of makes him a terrible person in a certain way. But he doesn't. He didn't care about her like that. And yeah, he was using her. She used him she too. Used him I mean, too. she <laughs> she was meeting a quota. <laughs> she. I mean, they're they're yeah, two she together. I don't so. think she cared. That no. whether that's the point or not, you know, and and. So, I mean, if I was him, I don't think I would have counted that either. No. no. And, All right. And, so. So, and, of course, Brittany's a girl. So when he says that one that counted it's his hmm. first kiss from a boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for um, doing this with me. Um, these I, You guys were worried that we would not have enough thought to talk about and. Here we are. Well, too. we wandered so. off on about seven different tangents. So. <laughs> but thank Whoops. you so much for, for doing you. this one with me. <laughs> Sister will be suspicious. My brother will be there at the door. Waves upon the tropical shore. My name is Buffalo. I want some more. Buffalo, what are you waiting for? Take a bite of my heart tonight. Weather like this.
possibilities Let you out past bullied or seized Rejoice and love yourself today Cause baby you were born this way So raise your glass if you are wrong In all the right ways All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arrive Somewhere